Hey everybody, and welcome to the iFreak Show. Today on our panel, we have Guy Rambo. Hello from Brazil. Erica Sadun. Hello from Colorado. And this is James Zuber. I'm from Minneapolis. And today we have a guest. Please welcome Guenshan Lu. Hello, I'm Guenshan. I'm from Shanghai. So yeah, so I met Guenshan when I was at AllComp. I was emceeing one of the tracks. And he was one of the speakers. And he talked, gave a talk called Make Your Apps China-Friendly. And he talked about some of the challenges that we face, uh, that we uh, I don't face personally, but people face when trying to get their apps in the Chinese market. But first, can you say a little bit about yourself? Yeah. My name is Guanshan Liu. Guanshan is my first name. Liu is my last name. I work at Booking.com. Right now, I live in Shanghai. Besides coding, um, my other hobbies are reading playing video games and manga. So this is my first time on a podcast. I'm a little nervous. I'm sure you'll do great. So to start off, like why would say an English speaking developer want to get in the Chinese app store? Hmm. Because there's a huge market in China. Let's say uh, our company booking, we see the opportunity in China it's amazing because there's a lot of people to try to other countries every year. More and more Chinese people going to abroad. And we see this is an opportunity for us. So we set up a development center in Shanghai to focus on the market. For other developers, I think because most of Chinese users are Chinese people, they use smartphones, even elder people. And the people living countryside, they all have smartphones. Even though not all the smartphones are iOS, most of them are Android. But it's a huge market, and the people spend a lot of time on their phones every day. They use it everywhere, even while working, and on the metro, and every time they play with their phones. So if your app is on their phones, they can spend a lot of time with your app. That really make it an awesome appearance for the developer. I did a little research into smartphone use in China, and for this year, about 56% of all mobile phone use is estimated to be on a smartphone. That's just staggering. And the, the projections are by just two years from now, that number is going to be closer to about 65% of mobile phone users. So what are some of the things that we can do to get our apps ready for, for China? Well, first, I think you need to support simplified Chinese because not everyone in China, they can read English. What does it mean to use simplified Chinese versus some of the other ways of writing Chinese? Uh, there are two kinds of writing Chinese. One is simplified Chinese. They are used in mainland China. And the other, the other one is called traditional Chinese. It is used in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau. And I know there are many dialects spoken. So if you have different dialects all over China, can you still communicate to the users of your application if you adopt simplified Chinese? Yeah, 
And uh, that really depends on the translation as well. You need to have accurate translate because sometimes the same word does not mean the same thing in a different sentence. So Chinese is not that easy. You have to have the native translation. So do you create different versions for different parts of China or can you create a single application with a single translation that will work for most users? Uh, that really based on your different project. For booking, we use the same app for China and the rest of the world. And uh, we have, because the Apple's API, the NS localized stream, it's a really good API to use. And uh, we don't need to create a separate app only for China. But for other business, like uh, I know some Japanese companies, they have different app for the rest of the world and have a app in China, Japanese for their own market. That's really based on your project. I think if the design is the same, it should better use the universal app for all the languages. But what I'm asking is, say you're creating the strings property lists, where you're using those to translate. Do you, can you get away with a single translation for that entire huge country? Uh, most time. Uh, but there are longer exceptions. So in that case, you need to be very careful. I see iOS has a distinction. I think it's between traditional Chinese and simplified Chinese. What's the, the basically the difference between them and which one should we target or, or sh should we target both? Uh, simplified Chinese is usually in mainland China. So if your market is uh, open to the mainland China, then you should use simplified Chinese. But there are also traditional Chinese. It is used in Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan. If you want to, from that market, you need to have simplified Chinese. But most of the time, Chinese people and uh, Taiwanese, they can read simplified and traditional Chinese. They are okay with both. So what are some of the strategies you need to develop when you're working to create an application that's going to work on many cultures, many languages? Uh, that's a tough question. I think it's similar to accessibility design. You need to design with care. You need to see how people in other countries, in different cultures, use your app and see the context they use the app. Then you can grasp the how to make your app more useful to a specific region. But sometimes you cannot like, watch people to use your app in different countries. Uh, because most of uh, the uh, ideas are similar. They share a lot of common sets with the rest of the world. You only need some knowledge about the difference. That's why I wanted to give a 
presentation and outcome to share these differences with other developers. And what are some of those differences? Uh, well, there's one thing I didn't mention in outcome. It's about the map. Because uh, if you use the Apple map, in China, the data provider is a, a company called AutoNavi. Uh, it's owned by Alibaba. The data from their map service is different. If you run the app uh, in a simulator, it uses the Apple's data. But if you use a real device and the GPS location, GPS location is in China, then it shows the data from the AutoNavi map. And uh, for example, today I downloaded an app called Redline. They use Apple's Map API. When I try to search Amsterdam to add it to the city list, it will not return the result to me because they use the auto-navy data. It only showed me some random shops in China. Their name has Amsterdam in it. Oh, can you put a link to the, the company you're talking about in the show notes so we so we have it? Sure. I will add it to the notes. What about designing for different age groups? There seems to be a really sweet spot of the teenage and 20s crowd in terms of smartphone users. How How does that affect your application design. Uh, that's also quite difficult because uh, for young people, they tr- uh, they have different tastes. They use the uh, app in a different way totally. Sometimes I also feel I don't know about the young generation anymore. So for example, they like to uh, read a thing called bullet curtain while watching the uh, a radio online. A bullet curtain is something like a comment. It's flowing on, you on, on the screen and uh, on the radio. And uh, it, sometimes I feel it blocks half of the screen. It's ugly for the young generation. They really love this feature because they don't want to watch a radio alone. They want to share their opinions with other people. So they like to comment and uh, share while watching some radio online. So they love these features. So for the young generation, probably you should want to provide a feature like this, but also a switch to turn off this feature so other people can also enjoy your app. So what's What's the, how do you spell this feature? I've never heard of that. I'm, I want to Google it. Uh, bullet curtain. Like bullets, like you shoot? Yes. Bullet curtain. Okay, very cool. And is that integrated into any of the social media sites, or is that something specific to your app? Uh, it's available on all the radio content providers in China. So it's, the idea is originally from Japan, and, but uh, Chinese people also love it. So every Chinese radio website, they have these features. Okay, so that as they listen along, they can, they can 
integrate and talk talk with their friends and stuff like that and comment on things. So at, at the AllConf episode, you mentioned a bunch of different things that were very different that I never expected. Uh, one of them was like most users are not going to use cellular data for your app. Can you talk a little bit about why that is? Yeah, sure. Because the cellular data is expensive in China. And uh, also, in a lot of places, in some places, their signal is not very good. You need to expect people don't give the, your app the network option to use the cellular data. I would like to add that that's not only true for China, but it's true for, I think, every developing country. Like here in Brazil, it's the same thing. If you don't live in the center of a big city, you might not have even 3G or 4G. And if you do, the data is really expensive. So many people just leave it off. So you you should think about that for if you're targeting any developing country. Yeah, I know. When Sean showed a, a graphic of, of his phone, it had permissions for cell phone off for all of his apps. So that's something that most of us are not used to. We're like, yeah, people will be on cell data or connect somehow. But yeah, it's good to keep in mind. And if you want to test your app with poor connectivity, I think we can suggest the network link conditioner. I was using it yesterday to try and debug something that only happened on bad, bad connections. So if you have the developer profile installed on your phone, you can turn on the link conditioner and it will degrade your internet connection like fake uh, bad connection. And you can use that to get an idea of how a person in a really bad connection will use your app. No, that's a, that's a great tool. I've, I've used that quite a bit in trying to figure out, at least simulate those kind of conditions where you don't have connection or you have poor connection. But yeah, it's very important for a place like China. Um, so are most people just uh, assumed to have Wi-Fi wherever they use their app? Yeah. And also in big cities like in Shanghai, there's a Wi-Fi on the metro. So in most places, there are also free Wi-Fi Okay, so Wi-Fi is fairly ubiquitous, at least in the big cities. So people can, they've got their Wi-Fi and they, they use it, and they're good with it. If I wanted to take an app and get it ready to be China ready, what are the first steps that I need to do even before I start translating? Mm. If you can find a Chinese user to help you to play with your app, then it would be good to find out because, uh, find things before you translate it. Because Chinese, they are, uh, at least the people in China, living in China, they have different expectations from an app. Because Chinese apps are totally like different, in a different universe compared to the rest of the country. What are some of the things that make them a different universe? What are the, some of the features that make something feel properly Chinese? Mm, before talking about the difference, I want to talk about the reason why they are different. Because most of 
companies, they have one design for both iOS and Android. And uh, this one des- design, you have to use, because the components, UI components in iOS and Android are different. So have one design for both platforms. It sometimes compound, make some compromise for both platforms. So at first they look different. And uh, also, in my opinion, some companies like uh, Alibaba, they set a better example in Taobao. They put everything in their home screen. Because they are so successful, no matter what they do, they will ne- never fail. Other companies start to copy their design. So in the end, people get familiar with apps, which have uh, everything in one screen. They familiar with the apps, iOS apps look at Android. But I don't think it's a good design or a good approach to implementing your ideas. No, I, I, that's interesting because mobile developers, at least here in the States, and I think most people that are listening, we've always been taught that keep your apps simple. And you showed a graphic at AllConf with the Alibaba app and some other apps beside it, and it's just full of stuff. There's crazy icons everywhere. It's it's like they it, it wanted to get as many icons on the screen as they could. And that's the norm. That's what people expect. Like, w- do you think people would think it was weird if you had like a simple app with just a, a couple buttons that were simple? That is on you know, the features your app provides. Because from the user research, we found people like the clean app. The interface looks so simple and clean. They like it. Uh, but they also want to find the feature they want. That's a hard choice because if you have a simple interface, some feature must be hidden in some other menus. It can be hard for people to find the feature. So it's a, like a balance. Put everything in one screen is not a good choice and uh, hide everything is also a good choice. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, another thing that you talked about at, at the conference was like the color schemes, like gr- green and red, like in the States and most of the countries I've made apps for, you know, like Germany, Italy, even Russia, like we can keep the same paradigms for green and red, but in, in China, that's different. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes. The red and green in China is quite different. Uh because Chinese people don't have a strong feelings against the red color. Maybe because of uh, in China, every Chinese New Year, people give other people money, putting in the uh, red pocket. They call it the Hongbao. So red in China means fortune and good luck, and also means energy and fire. So it's not a bad thing. For stock apps, because Chinese, uh, Chinese stock market, they use the red color for increase and the green color for drop. So if you're making a stock app, you have to change the color. It's a totally different from the U.S. market. It is because in the U.S., traditionally, red means loss of money. 
it comes from the way that ledgers were done, where they would track money. And if you're in the black, you would use black ink to show positive money and red ink for negative money. So the notion of retargeting the graphics to use red as a positive thing is something that really is a cultural difference that has to be taken into account. Yes, but also red and green are more complex than this because uh, after the talk I gave at the outcome, someone talked to me about, he said, he said, he is, he is making an app, uh, another app, again. He wants to know how to use the colors to show the health points drop and increase. Because most Chinese people, they play games. The games are developed from other countries. They are so familiar with the red for the damage and the green for the increase of the health points. So for games, you there's a totally the same as the other countries. And also a fun story. Uh, at the WDC, I went to the localization design lab. I show our booking app to the Apple designer. In our app, we use a red banner. If the hotel is booked in a few minutes ago, so it's actually a good thing we want our user to also book the hotel. But we use the red color. The designer told me he is from the U.S. and he's, when he see the red banner, the first thing he think is something bad happened. He decided we use a different color for the banner. That's when we have our stoplights too, it's coded where red is stop, red is caution, red is warning, and green is go. Green is generally considered a positive color when you're designing apps for an American audience. Are there any other cultural things that might come into play? just in terms of people just generally understanding things or having a cultural knowledge that don't translate well into, you know, an American app into a Chinese app. Uh, there are another thing I talk about at our account. It's about the user accounts because I think every user account in other countries app, they use email to register the account. But people in China, they don't use email that often. And for elders, they may not even have emails. So most Chinese apps allow users to log in with the, their phone number and uh, also iOS 11. Apple now allows users to create Apple ID with their phone number. I think it's maybe the, because of the same reason. So what's a better way to do signups if you don't have access to email? Uh, phone number is an option. The other option is your social media network. So allow users to 
sign in and uh, with a third party logins. Yeah. Are there certain networks that people use that are more common? Uh, in China, people use most people have WeChat accounts. So WeChat is a good choice. And also QQ and Weibo, they also have many users. Okay. These, you put links in the notes because these are not familiar to most U.S. people. We're expecting Facebook and Twitter. And that's, I... <laughs> what about, um, I've heard of, is it called Renren? Ah, that company is almost dead already. They copied from Facebook, and uh, after many years, they didn't succeed. And what about um, Jianping? Oh, Jianping is like, uh, yeah, people only use it uh, when they go out for dinner and uh, see a movie. Because I know that Yelp integration is really big for many apps of people who I know who are working on things like um, store apps where they want to have reviews tied into it and so forth, and they use those APIs. Jamming mm. is a little different because they are more like a Google. They allow to have users to have some discounts. But people only use it for the choice of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And the people, yeah, people say they have scores, but uh, actually that's not, I think that's not that matters to the Chinese user. So if you're going to take them into account, WeChat and Weibo are much more important, right? Yeah, for, that's for social media login, because I don't think Jinping allow you to login with Jinping account. So what are some examples of other mistakes Western companies have made getting their app in China? Because I think a lot of West apps are not very Chinese-friendly, and uh, they lost in the competitions. Not only apps, also the services. For example, Amazon, eBay, and Uber. They are lost in the competitions with the local brands. So they don't they don't understand the local brands, so it's not very useful. Because uh, business competition that's a different story. Because for uh, that's the in. 2015, there's a Uber, DD, and Dacho. Uh, These three companies are competing for the sharing car market. And uh, eventually, DD and Dacho, they, the two Chinese companies merged together, and uh, Uber exists from the Chinese market. The Chinese companies at the first they only want to get more users. They don't care about getting money. So they lower their price and give users a lot of benefits at first. So that's a strategy. And other companies may not work well under these certain standards. You mentioned that games translate well, that U.S. games can 
find a good market in China. What are some other categories of applications that people have developed that they should really consider pushing into the Chinese market? Mm. Because in China, there are many startups and uh, most categories, there are free apps. You have to compete with all the free apps and other um, good quality apps. That's a, that is a reality. You have to be ready for the competition. Mm, I think right now, a good category is the photo and the radio editing. These filters are very popular in China. However, if you check the top paid app store apps, they are all from the, this category, like uh, photo editing and the radio editing. Oh, that's interesting. So anything else that we should cover before we get to the picks? Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to mention about the difference is, uh, when you allow you, when you want user to fill in their username or Chinese people, they more familiar to put their last name first and uh, first name second. I think in other countries, they want to put their first name first and the middle name and the last name follows. Yeah, definitely. That would be, that's would be expected for a you know Western app. But yeah, in China, last name first. You heard it here. So awesome. This is, this is all the good stuff. So I know when you gave the talk at AllConf and that should go online, hopefully sometime soon. It's definitely worth checking out because you talked about a lot of cool things. But yeah, we'd like to thank you for having me on the show. Let's um, get to the picks. Do you have a Sean, Do you have a pick for us? Yes, I have two picks. The first is a to-do list app called Since Three. They formed the cut code, and uh, I really like this app because before the iOS eleven, they already use some big large title in their apps. It's like uh, they foreseen the Apple's trend. It's really good apps, and they have very beautiful animation in the app. I really recommend this. My second pick is a book from 37 Signals. They call it Rework. I picked this because I used to believe I need to work hard. I think many Chinese people also believe this. Because our competitors is ahead of us, ahead of us to be better than our competitors. We need to spend more effort time and energy to beat the competitors. But after reading this book, I think what I need really is a work smarter, maybe work life had a good life and work balance, and focus on becoming a better version of myself. They also have some good tips about productivity and uh, cultural fit. I think it's a good read for all the developers. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I'll have to check those out. Sounds like good stuff. Erica, do you have a pick for us? I do, and this is both in the honor of this show, and this is through my daughter, who is the one who actually loves this and is reading through the series. It's called Monkey King. It is a 
manga series by Wai Dong Chen. And she's just really loving it. So I thought I'd pass that along as my pick. Okay. Very cool. Guy, what do you have for us? Well, since we are talking about manga and anime stuff, let me pick my own app, Chibi Studio. It's on the App Store. And if you like anime and manga and cute little drawings, you are definitely going to like it. But I also have another pick. I was studying about iOS drag and drop yesterday. And there are really good sessions from this dub dub about drag and drop. So I'm going to suggest session number 203, which is introducing drag and drop. And from there, you can go through the other sessions. There's mastering drag and drop, data delivery, and drag and drop with collection views. So yeah, really good talks. And if you want to adopt the new drag and drop stuff, you must watch them. Good to know. What are the what are the coolest parts about drag and drop? I think the the coolest part is that it's so easy to implement. Basically, you don't have to do much stuff. It's a lot easier than on macOS. If you've done any macOS development, you know it's not that easy to implement drag and drop, especially if you're using Swift because the APIs don't don't translate very well to Swift. And on iOS, it's so simple and really quite quite easy to implement. Very cool. And I do want to point out that I did do a post on how to simulate a second singer, a second finger when you're doing drag and drop. So I'll, I'll leave a link for that as well. Because yes, please, I, I want that. <laughs> In in a, in a simulator when you're testing, or a device? A simulator when you're testing. On a device, you can just use multiple fingers. But when you're doing it on the simulator, there's a secret for getting more fingers. All right. And you have to go to the blog post to find out the secret. Good to know. Uh, awesome. Well, Gwen Sean, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, we learned a lot. Thanks a lot for sharing at AllConf, and hope you hope you had a good time. And for everyone else, we'll see you all next week. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be on this show. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more. <laughs>